0: chains will
1: see we're getting better. We're starting to come back in. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Uh, We're going to be on page um, 1390. Hang on just a minute. Better get these on. 1390. Yeah, just 1390 today. Real quick, and it's so hard to mention all the names that (laughs) have needed prayer and uh, have been through this uh, stuff that's been going around, Uh, but... Um, real quick, we'll mention Nina, I think, is still having a lot of coughing as far as I hear. Susan is still trying to climb out of the COVID. Uh, and Rebecca, the Martin family, you know, Abigail started it again for her second round. Rebecca ended up catching it this week. She's positive. So keep Rebecca and uh, all the Martin family. And we, we still need to remember uh, Daniel's parents. His, his, da- his dad is still going through the treatment for cancer. And so his name is Lee. Keep him in your prayers as well. <clears throat> and of course, my mom's still uh, dealing with trying to get some strength after COVID and just not able to, to get up and do much right now. Thank, just thankful to Kathy. She's been down there all week helping her. So bless her heart. She's been down there with her this week. And I think we need to remember the Placencia family. I mean, Joe's lost his mom, and they're awaiting a trip to go out to California for that. And now Susan's had the COVID, and I think Joe so far has remained negative on that, right, Adam? Okay, thank the Lord. So, anyway, just remember the Placencia family uh, and all they have going on right now. Just pray to God. You know, my, my thoughts on our scripture today, uh, it's amazing the reminder the Lord gives me at the right time, but it's, it's easy to get overwhelmed and all this stuff, and I keep calling it a circus kind of because it just seems crazy. We've never really seen anything like this in our lifetime. Or even heard about much like this before, but God is not shaken. He is always on His throne. Nothing in the news shocks Him. He is right there every day, right where He has been for all of eternity, and where He will remain for all eternity. So we have to be reminded of that and our Scripture today is a great reminder of of that and the plan of salvation that He crafted from the beginning. We're gonna read verses, uh, we're in 1 Peter, chapter one, verses three through seven. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God, through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. I pray you read that some this week and remind us who, who God is. and. Uh, how he never changes. So bless him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, uh, Lord, your mighty plan, uh, not just in our lives, but uh, for everything that's around us, everything that we, more than we can imagine, Lord, everything that we cannot imagine. You're still in charge of all those things. Whether it's things of uh, pandemics, um, concerns over just the, the way uh, there's unrest and political circles Lord I just pray that uh, we can rest in the fact that you have a plan for all these things and Lord help us to be people who through these trials and through our commitment to you will not be so focused on what's going on right now for us and what we would like but Lord to be people who will cry out to you to help us see what you may be doing in these times and help us to have courage and wisdom to walk along uh, along with you in your plans. We bless you for this time together. We do pray for all these, Lord. We lift up the Placencia family, and uh, Lord, all they have going on, I pray you give them strength, and they feel your presence. You help Susan feel better today as they prepare for a trip um, to the West Coast. And we pray for Nina and Rebecca and the Martin family, uh, for Lee. um, Lord, and, and I just pray, God, that you would continue to work your will Uh, in these lives Lord as we go through these trials Lord we are going to cry out to you and we're going to just we're going to always be quick to say that we will stand by you no matter what is going on in our life bless you Jesus um, for your mighty plan and for your amazing gift that you give us that lasts through all eternity we pray God that you would, would teach us today you would Lord speak to us give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you're trying to teach us today, Lord Jesus, as it it transforms us into be more like people that you can use each day. In your holy name we pray these things. Amen.
2: We're god. we SWAT this is- tonight it's yours it's yours alone all praise is yours God all creation is yours you alone Lord you alone deserve all the glory come on church let's lift his name
3: good morning that is one of my favorite favorite all-time songs and I love at the end when it quotes quotes the scripture from Psalms and uh, the Lord asked us many years ago to put that over our church and it says not unto us O Lord not unto us but to your name give glory because of your mercy because of your truth And I just, um, it brings me to tears every time I hear that song and every time I um, think of those words. So we've been in the book of John, and we're going to continue today in the book of John. So if you'll open to page 1226, page 1226, John chapter 5. Last week and the week before, we were in John chapter 5. If you remember, a couple of weeks ago, we studied as Jesus came to the pool of Bethesda and um, healed the man that had been paralyzed for 38 years. And then last week, we talked a little bit about uh, and studied in the place where the um, Religious leaders, the Pharisees, came and they were very angry. In fact, they even sought to kill Jesus because he had healed this man on the Sabbath. And we looked at the understanding that whether or not Jesus was actually breaking the law of the Sabbath are not and as we studied through that we saw very clearly that jesus was not breaking god's law of sabbath but rather mankind had created oral laws their own laws that um, they had added to god's laws and this was what they were angry with and then we talked a little bit about how god came i'm sorry how jesus came and answered some of their concerns and i want to look at this a little deeper today we talked about it briefly last week but i want to take it a little bit step by step and and see what god has for us today so we're going to begin in actually verse 17 says but jesus answered them so they've come and are, are um well let's just start in 16 and then we'll understand more deeply For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God making himself equal with God. So I want to look at a couple of things in verse 18. And that is, first of all, it says, therefore the Jews sought to kill him. I just want us to understand exactly what John is saying here, because when we read this, sometimes we think of all the Jewish people were angry with Jesus. That's not at all the truth. In fact, the followers are Jewish. All of his followers at this point in time are all Jewish. So not all the Jewish people sought to kill Jesus. But what we see and what it's talking about here is the Pharisees, the leaders, the religious leaders. And I think as we look at that today, we're going to even understand more clearly why they were coming in this manner. But we see that they were mad because he he, uh, broke the Sabbath in their in their understanding, and they now are mad because God, I'm sorry, Jesus is saying that he is equal to God. Excuse me. Then Jesus, in verse 19, answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father doing for whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner so this uh, this place is an important place because it he talks about as we talked about last week this place most assuredly this place means amen amen but it is a place that's saying this is absolute truth this is absolute truth Jesus is trying to grab hold of our attention and say this is so important And he says, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but whatever he sees the father doing, uh, for whatever he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. The son, this place of the son, I think this is a place that sometimes gets misunderstood as well. What, who is exactly, why is he called the son, and what? significance does it have to speak of Jesus so I want to look at that just a little bit because this gets so misinterpreted in fact there's a lot of religions out there that um, take this in a way that's distorted and bring Jesus to a lesser place so by seeing the sun using the word the son sometimes people think okay there's a father who is the head of the house and then there is the son who is not the head of the house but lesser in the household and somewhere we take hold of the earth not we but some people take hold of that and actually believe that Jesus is lesser than God. And that is certainly the question that is coming up in these Pharisees' minds, is that how dare you say that you are equal to God? So this place of son, the son, it doesn't mean less than. It doesn't mean a position underneath the father. But rather, it's a position that is submitted to what the Godhead is doing, what the Father is doing. It's a position submitted to the plan. So if you hold your marker right here and go back just a few pages to chapter 1, and it said very clearly... In chapter 1, verse 1, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This place of Word, as we remember, it does mean an expression. It does mean God's thoughts. It does mean God's ideas. It means God's plan and His purpose. Jesus is the plan. He is the purpose. The same thing is true with the Son. He is the plan. And he is the purpose. So God gave me a little example. And uh, I couldn't decide whether I was supposed to use it or not. But he keeps bringing it to my mind. So I'm going to share it with you. I didn't have it in my notes today. But Adam, do you think you could come up here and, and, and demonstrate something for me? Just walk up just for a second. Thank you. So Adam, as you come up the stairs... Would you mind picking up that goblet? Thank you. Okay, now would you set it down? All right, did the hand pick up the goblet? Did your hand pick up the goblet? In a sense, yes. in a sense did your mind help the hand pick up yes. the goblet? Yes, so in a sense, the goblet was there and your mind helped your hand decide what to do is that correct okay so is your hand a lesser part of what's going on because the mind could not do it without the hand could it That's that's true so the mind could not pick up the glass without the hand helping in the same sense the hand cannot pick up the glass without the mind directing it thank you you proved my point thank you so such it is with jesus jesus is a the purpose the plan that god is using to fulfill his purpose <clears throat> So I think it's important that as we look at this, that the first thing that we understand is that Jesus, by being called Son, is nowhere less than God. In fact, it says very clearly that he, uh, the Pharisees understood that he was making himself equal. So now as we come forward what, with this understanding, Jesus is going to help us to understand some ways that he is God the way that he is equal to God, equal to the Father, that they are in oneness. Okay? So starting in verse 20, it says, For, for refers back to this place that he was talking about where the Son does nothing. The Son does nothing without the Father directing him to do it. So verse 20 for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. So he's saying the father, and this word is not really agape, this father is, loves, is a love of, of uh, pleased, how he is very pleased with the son and the place that the son is fulfilling the purpose That God has. So the Father loves and He's pleased with the Son and He shows Him. So it says, you know, He gives Him revelation, if you will. He helps Him to understand what the plan is, what the perfect will is. And He helps Him to know these things that the Son would do exactly as the plan is going to be fulfilled, just as the hand would not go against what the mind is because they work together in oneness. But it's also interesting because he says that these are done that you may marvel. So the things that the Father is doing in our lives through Jesus are things to grab our attention That's what he's saying. He's saying, you've seen a lot of things I've done. You've seen the blind eyes open. You've seen this lame man healed. You've seen many miracles. And these are done so that you will marvel, not at the miracles, but at God doing through the Son these miracles for our purpose. The same is true today. So he goes on then in verse 22, I'm sorry, verse 21. He says, for as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the son gives life to whom he will. So he's referring back to creation here as the father raises up and gives life to everything. As the Father calls things even into existence, he says the the Father has life in him even to the ability of calling out the dead, of raising up the dead. But he says this life is even in the Son that he can give life to who he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. So now he's saying the Father... Doesn't do the judging, but he has actually given the judging qualities to the Son. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. So, the, for the very reason that he's doing these things, he's showing that the Father allows the Son to give life, he allows the Son to have the place of judgment so that the Son can be honored just as the Father. Sometimes people believe that you can believe in God and not believe in Jesus and be saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. But there are many people that believe in a higher power, a higher power there's a lot of people out there that practice this place of, of saying well yes I believe in a higher power and that's basically what you're believing in it's a higher power a God but I don't believe in the son this is helping us to see that all of these things were given so that the son would be honored It says that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So if you do not honor Jesus in this place as God, then it's saying that you don't honor the Father either. Most assuredly, Jesus says, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Most assuredly, he says, I say to you, he who hears My word. He's saying he who hears my truth right here. He who hears the plan of God right here. This is the word that he said I am the word in the very beginning of John. He's saying if you hear this truth and believe in him who sent me, in God who sent me, you will have everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. Then he says something, he says, and has passed from death into life. Sometimes we believe this place of salvation, this place of everlasting life begins when you die but that's not the word that Jesus uses here not a future tense he's using the word has he's saying if you do this where you believe and place your trust in Jesus then your life immediately changes and you immediately pass from death into life into everlasting life your everlasting life begins now sometimes we don't think about it in those terms and I was thinking about it over the last few days as we've seen the numbers grow and the numbers of people sick with COVID and and some people dying and over the past few weeks there's been several people that have died from COVID or other things whatever you might be dying from and in one sense we look at death as an end But that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying you passed from death into life. You don't have death if you're in Christ Jesus. If you've come to put your whole understanding and trust in that he is God and that he holds the power of life in in his hands. He's saying, then when you die, you don't die. This body, this earthly body changes. And you have a new body, a heavenly body. But he's saying, you've already passed. If you are in me and you remain in me, then you've already passed from death into life. Verse 25 says, most assuredly I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. As for the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. You see, he's saying the Father, life is in the Father. He breathed life into Adam and Eve and he Jesus has that life in him. All things were created through Jesus. He has life in him. So when you find yourself in Jesus, you have life. It says and he and has I'm sorry. And has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. I want to talk about this place. So he has the authority to execute judgment. Why? Because he is the son of man. Where this comes from, if you'll put your marker here, is from Daniel 7. Let's go back and look on page 1029. We'll come back to this in a little bit. Page 1029. You may remember back about a year ago when Daniel taught us in the book of Daniel and we looked at these very scriptures but I want us to take a look at it today why God would be calling Jesus and why Jesus would call himself the son of man so we've already seen when he's referring to being the son of God now we're seeing him as the son of man in verse 13 on page 1029 in Daniel. He writes, I was watching in the night visions and behold one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people Nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not, shall not be destroyed. So what we see in Daniel is that he has this vision. And the vision is, is that he sees one like the son of man. he sees one coming on the clouds but he recognizes him as being human he recognizes that he is not like he would have thought but rather he is human so that's what he's pointing out as the son of man jesus is coming on the clouds he is looking human You see, it says, and he meets with the Ancient of Days. He meets with the Father. And the Father gives to him a dominion and a kingdom. And he says, all people and all nations, they'll be able to come into this kingdom. And this kingdom will not pass away. So when Jesus comes right here to the Pharisees he's saying something very important to them he's saying i have the right to bring judgment because i am the mankind person who has fulfilled all judgments i can pass judgment i have lived perfection and i will live perfection that's what jesus is saying that's what it what it means to be the Son of Man. He came as a man. He was born as a human, fully God and fully man. And he has the right to to bring judgment. So number uh, verse 28 says, do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all who are in the grave will hear his voice and come forth and those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those have, who have done evil, to the resurrection of condemnation. And he is saying, I am going to be the one who judges this place because those who have done good. And this word "good," if you look it up, it's very similar to the word "tove" in the Greek. It actually means what originates from God, and what is the very purpose of God. So it's saying right here, it says, those who have done my purpose, my will, have surrendered their lives to Jesus. Then to them will be the resurrection of life. And to those who have done evil, who have chosen their own way, then the resurrection of condemnation. Verse 30 says, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. He, is, he has surrendered. As we talked about this word, the son doesn't mean lesser. It means he has chosen to surrender to God's plan, completely submitted to what's God's plan is. And he's telling us this right here. He says, I don't do anything, not even, I don't even seek my own will. But I seek only the will of the Father who sent me. He says his judgment is righteous. That means it's in right standing. It's complete holiness because he's led a sinless life. Verse 31 says, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. Jesus has been telling the Pharisees, he says, you know, I have the power over life. And I have the power over judgment. And I have the power over resurrection. And I have the power over condemnation. But then he says in verse 31, he says something very interesting. He says, but if I bear witness of myself, in other words, if I tell you this myself, my witness is not true. Isn't that a funny thing to say? But Jesus is speaking of the law. He's speaking of understanding what the law says about a witness so I want you to leave your marker here and let's look at Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 12 um, no let me see Deuteronomy 1915 it's on page 224 Deuteronomy nineteen verse fifteen, page two twenty four, and it says, "One witness shall not raise shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established." So God set out in His laws that you couldn't just have one witness that would stand against any sin. So the Pharisees are bringing accusations towards Jesus, but he is defending himself as a witness. But he knows the law, that you cannot defend yourself and you cannot bring a witness against you, except you have to have two or three witnesses. So Jesus begins to establish his witnesses who would declare that he is who he says he is. So in verse 32, it says, There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. You have sent to John, and he, and he has borne witness to the truth. Yet I do not receive testimony from man, but I say these things that you might be saved. He was the burning and shining lamp and you were willing for a time to rejoice in that light. So the first witness that Jesus says, the first witness I want to remind you of is John the Baptist. He said, you know, you even for a time rejoiced in his truth. But then, You became where you were against what he said. But he bore witness. In 33 it says, You have sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Jesus is saying, but he he was speaking the truth. You remember John is baptizing, and Jesus comes, and, and he sees Jesus from just a little ways off, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God. And John was bearing witness that Jesus would be the sacrificial lamb, God's lamb. So number one witness is John the Baptist, that Jesus is who he says he is. Then verse 36 says, But I have a greater witness than John's. For the works which the Father has given me to finish... The very works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. So he says, I have a greater witness than even John. So you saw John, you heard John, you didn't believe in John, but I have these works that I do, these miracles that I'm doing, and you are seeing them, but you're not choosing to believe As I was reading this, I was so aware of the things, how we read the Bible and we hear things and we believe to some degree, just like they did in what John was saying. But then we see God do miracles and signs in our lives and we still don't fully commit to our lives. We see he's somebody. We see he's something. We're not sure exactly, but we don't completely commit even when he does works in our lives. We don't surrender completely to him. And that's exactly what he's saying. He's saying, you've seen all these miracles I've been doing, and yet you don't believe. But they bear witness of me. And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. He's saying so If you don't believe John the Baptist, believe the miracles. But if you don't believe the miracles, believe my Father. He's a witness to me. He testifies of me. He says, but you've never really heard his voice. You've never truly surrendered to where you would hear what he's saying to you. In verse 38, it says, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent him you do not believe. And he said, you know, you, you've you never heard him and you've not chosen to believe the things that God has been showing you. Verse 39, he says, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And these are they which testify of me. So he says, there's John the Baptist testifies of me. The miracles testify of me. My father testifies of me. And he says, the scriptures testify of me. My father testifies through the scriptures of me. And he says, you search the scriptures, searching for eternal life. But you don't recognize what they're saying. And that they testify of who Jesus is. He says, you don't choose to hear He says, But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. This place right here, he says, But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. Then he says something interesting. He says, I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. He points out to these people very quickly that they're not willing to submit to God's purpose and God's plan because of their pride and their self-righteousness and they are wanting to be lifted up. They're wanting to be honored by man and they know that if Jesus comes and takes his rightful place, that they will no longer be recognized as the authority of the law, of the authority of God's ways. They chosen not to bow down. Let's look a little further. In verse 43, he says, I have come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. How can you believe who received honor? How can you believe who received honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes only from God. He says you want to honor each other, you want to praise each other for all the good things you're doing, but you're not even receiving what's coming from God. Do you not think that I shall accuse you to the Father? I'm sorry. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. For if you believe Moses you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? So he comes with the final place, and he says, I'm not going to be the one to accuse you. I'm not going to be the one that, that accuses you here. You're already accused by Moses. You say that you search the scriptures. You say that you understand the law, and yet it's very clear that you don't, and what Jesus is referring to, if you'll put your marker here and turn back again to Deuteronomy um, 18, I believe it's on about 243, at uh, 223, In verse 15 it says uh, uh, the Lord your God will raise up for you. So Moses is writing and speaking to the people here. And it says the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst. From your brethren. Him you shall hear. And then, if you look down at verse 18. It says, I will raise up from them a prophet like you, from whom their brethren, I'm sorry, from among their brethren, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. So they read the scriptures. They had their own thoughts about everything. And they thought they understood all things, but they failed to remember that Moses says there's going to be a prophet raised up. A prophet, one that knows the very words of God, that knows and understands who God is, because he will be God. And it says, in his mouth he will put his words. He will have the very words that he will speak. Moses was a prophet, but he was also, he did signs and wonders, he did miracles. Jesus has come just like Moses in this same regard, being raised up to walk with the very words that God spoke, doing signs and wonders to show that the power was with him. But they have failed, they have failed to see this place. And in verse 47, Jesus says, If you do not believe his writing, how will you believe my words? I want to look at a couple of places here. Look at John. Let's go back to John and go over to verse, uh, chapter 14, verse 8. So just a few pages over. Chapter fourteen, on page twelve, forty-two, starting in verse eight. It's on page twelve, forty-two. Who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe in me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. The and greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. So Jesus is saying to Philip, He's saying, you know, you've seen, you've seen me, and you've seen the miracles, and you've seen the works, you've seen the teachings, you've seen all that the Father is doing, and you have a choice to believe. Then he goes on and he says, you know, if you believe in me, then then you're going to even do greater works than these. He's going to put his words in your heart. He's going to give you understanding. He's going to give you revelation. He's going to allow you to speak his very truths when when you're witnessing to someone. He's going to give you authority if you place your life in his hands. One of the things that really jumped out at me at me when I was studying these scriptures is that how many times God does things in our lives to show us he's there to show us who he is you know I didn't surrender my life until I was 52 years old but looking back over my life I see over and over and over again the many works that Jesus was doing in my life to give me an opportunity to surrender to him. But I would not. I was in the same place as the Pharisees are. I absolutely would not. I trusted in my own thinking. I trusted in my own um, self-righteousness. I am so thankful that God allowed me to the opportunity one more time at 52 to see him I don't know where you are but I know this Jesus has been doing things in your life to awaken your spirit to show you who he is to show you he has the right and the authority because he is God he has shown you that he has Witnesses that bear witness of who he is. In his word, through the Father, through his miracles. He's shown you. The question is, is that you have two places. There are two places in this scripture that are really significant. One is John the Baptist. It says he was a lamp. He was a lamp. He let the light of Jesus shine through him. And the other other group is the Pharisees. And Jesus says, you don't even know me. And you don't know the Father. You don't know what you've read. You don't understand any truth at all. There's two people you can be, one or the other. One will be resurrected to life and the other resurrected to condemnation. Jesus is very clear in these passages. I pray that if you're here today, that these words would challenge your hearts, and I pray you would beat down the pride that the Pharisees would not and surrender your life to him. Stand with me, please.
2: I need you to sing loud, okay? Because you believe this. From the highest of mountains To the depths of the sea From the planets Sea. the breath that we breathe, from the womb of the bear, to the rich and the poor, to the dreams of the old. church come on the top of your lungs you know it Try